Now, the question will be very quick and very fast. Uh, this morning, we'll be discussing something. Uh, we'll, we'll make it a declaration, so that's very important for us. Uh, say this to yourself. Put it on your chest and say, I am secured by grace. I am secured by grace. All right. Or I am secured in grace. Say it. Or let's say it again. Say, I'm secured in grace. All right, in case your neighbor was sleeping, point to them and tell them, you are secured in grace. All right, how many of us believe that Jesus died and God risen from the dead? All right, lift your right hand up and say, I believe that Jesus died and God raised him from the dead. All right, so in case you were not born again, now you are born again. Hallelujah. <laughs> Romans chapter 10, verse 9 to 10. Romans 10, verse 9 to 10. He said, if thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth and shalt believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, he said, you are saved. He said, for with the heart man believes... And with the mouth, what? Exactly. So in case you were not a few minutes ago, congratulations. Hallelujah. You are secured in grace. That's what we want to uh, talk about this morning. And while we're doing that, I'm going to make some uh, radical statements, yeah? Uh, this morning, rattle some religious foundation. Uh, but it's very important for us because if we have to shine light, we don't want to shine dim light. We want to shine light that is... Uh, bright. Indeed bright. Hallelujah. Just like the song that was uh, rendered by the choir this morning, you are the light of the world. If your light is dim, then the part of the world will not shine. There's a problem. We must shine the light perfectly. Hallelujah. John chapter 10 and it's very important and very good for us to begin with the words of Jesus. I believe that we are here with our pen, at least our phone or our tabs to jot. But at least you must jot. You must jot. The Bible says, until I came to the sanctuary, then understood I. So it is in the sanctuary that you are taught. The church of God is indeed actually a school. Hallelujah. So when you come to church, you must jot. So in case you didn't come with your paper and your pen, grab your phone. There should be a note on your phone. If there's no note, there's a message something. So you can type. Even type on your WhatsApp. Send it to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. So make sure you are writing down. Very important. You're writing down. John what? All right, so we're together. So I'm going to do this this morning like a teaching, but you'll be blessed. Of course, a teaching, yeah? Hallelujah. John 10, verse 25 to 30, I love, I will begin with the words of Jesus himself. The Bible says, Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Verse 26, but ye believe not. Why? Because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. So what does it mean here? Who are the sheep? Those who believe, right? So Jesus was telling those ones they didn't believe, it is because they are not the sheep. Because how do you know Jesus' sheep? They believe. What's the criteria for getting saved? Believe. Is that, is that right? Let me tell you the truth. The Bible calls the gospel simple. One of the things I always love to do is to make the gospel simple. Paul, in his preaching, make the gospel simple. In fact, he said, see what long letter I write to you. Why did he write it so long? To make it simple. So that, so that the one who sees it would understand. Ah, sorry. You can hear me clearly now, right? Pardon me, I'm not so... <laughs> Hallelujah. I will, I, will, I will try to hold my hand. is paining me. <laughs> devil of pain. Get out! <laughs> Hallelujah. What was I saying? So, so, so uh, the gospel is simple. Very, very important that we stay on that first. The gospel is simple. If there's anything that is complex for you, then that's not the intention of God. Very important. 
God told Habakkuk in Habakkuk 2, in fact, when you read Habakkuk chapter 1, uh, Habakkuk was a prophet who at the time they were, uh, uh, Judah was going through a lot of troubles. The charges and Babylons were, were really dealing with them. And Habakkuk was surprised that, ah, God, why would you, what is happening? In fact, in verse 1 of chapter 2, he said, you know what, I will sit on my watch, on my, on my uh, tower and watch. I will wait what he will say to me. Then when God would speak, God said this, look at, very important. He said, write the vision, make it plain, so that anyone at all who sees it will be able to run with it. So it's supposed primarily to be simple. So one of the things we're going to look at this morning is those things that have complicated the grace that you have received. You know, like ideas of you won't go to heaven. And I'm going to be very, very plain this morning. All right? Ideas like God hates you. Ideas like you have sinned against God, so God is not blessing you. That's what I'm going to uh, try to deal with this morning. To know that indeed you have a security. Where did we stop? Verse 26. So 27 now, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Verse 28, 29 and 30. That's actually what we're teaching from this morning. It said, And I give unto them eternal life. You see that? What did he give to them? You see, the description of that life is eternal life. You see, at times the devil wants to rob you of some of this simple reality. You know, I love myself. I'm not going to, over my life, you know, preach anything other than these things. That's why every time I climb here, this is the same thing I'll be talking about. This is the truth of the gospel. He said what? He said, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. This is Jesus himself speaking. You see, I'd, I'd rather take the word of Jesus than the word of a so-called bishop. Or prophet who says the spirit of God told them so 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 and so so against the word of God. Hallelujah. All right, we're already quiet. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Now look at that very, very carefully. He said, Neither shall any man pluck them from where? So where are you primarily? All right? So, the way you can be lost is if Jesus sleeps off or doses off. Now, the Bible tells us, it says, the keeper of Israel does not. So, there's no weakness in his arms. Then, anyway, Jesus had flaccid paralysis. <laughs> so, he couldn't hold on to you anymore. No, 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 no. This is his word. It says, Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Verse 29. He said, My father which gave them to me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. You see that? Hmm. No one is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. So they are in the father's hand. I love to give this uh, illustration of one story I heard one time about a man who was holding his daughter, a little girl, and they were crossing a very tiny bridge sometime in the night. It was dark, stormy, you know, everywhere, the wind, boisterous and everything. And so the man was, you know, sometimes we men, sometimes we try to form, but sometimes inside we are, we are shaking. The man was shaking, but he was holding his daughter. So he was walking through. And he told the daughter, and I think they have a very cordial relationship. He said, hold me tight, let me not fall. See, fool man, when fool man can say that, something. Then the daughter replied and said, you know, daddy, you hold me because I know that I may let you go. But you will never let me go. Now that's even for a man who is not so... Now how much more God saying with his own mouth 
to us that you know what? You are in my hand. No one can pluck it from my hand. Paul said in Romans 8, verse 38 down. He said, I'm persuaded. You see, the word persuaded, whenever you see it in the scripture, that's highest, I'm convinced. That's the highest form of conviction. He said, I'm convinced that neither death nor life can pluck it out of my hand. What I'm going to do this morning, I'll try to mention one or two things that I know that many of us might have heard over time that uh, threatens our salvation, threatens our security in grace. First of all, grace itself you must realize by now it is the message of Christ. Listen very carefully. The message of grace did not start 10 years ago. Yeah. That's the accusation folks give to the message of grace. It didn't start a few years ago. So, you know, there's this radicality going about. People are just preaching grace. This is just started. We have left our religion. You know, just look, they feel like they are the custody of God's word. They say, they have, we have left our... No, 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 no. The gospel of grace is the gospel that Jesus himself embodied. Paul said in Galatians 1, verse 4, 5, 9 down, he said, if any man comes and preach any other gospel than this, let him be accursed. He said, even if an angel comes, preach any other thing other than this, let him be accursed. This is the gospel. Look at Acts 20, verse 24. Hope you are getting blessed. Hope you are getting blessed. All right. Acts 20, verse 24. Paul says something there. Acts 20, 24. He said, but none of these things move me. What was he saying? You know, they have, uh, they accuse him, using bonds, afflictions, and all that. But he said, man, this thing don't move me. You know, I may not have been preaching this thing for long or declaring the gospel of grace for long. But believe me, I've had, I've had encounters. I've had people who accuse me of leading people to hell. Can you imagine? I've had people who accuse me of leading people to hell. Somebody tackled me 2 a.m. in the night. In the code, I've been on these things, but like Paul, I formed bros. I made sure that I did not allow, not for one. I didn't agree. You also don't don't allow, don't allow, all right? Both physically and mentally, don't allow. Let me continue. I hope you are getting blessed. Pardon me, oh. this is where I teach. So, he said, <laughs> sorry, man. None of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I've received of the Lord Jesus, look at what he said. He said to testify the gospel of what? The gospel of what? You see what that gospel is? The word gospel is, you know, in the Greek is euagelion. It means good news. So it is good news of the grace of God. So in other words, any gospel that is not the grace of God, it's simple, right? Let's keep it simple. I get my point. So, any gospel that is not the grace of God, it's not the gospel, though. No matter how much it may sound, no matter how sweet it may sound, no matter how tasking it may sound, it is not the grace of God. And it's not the gospel. Paul called, he said, the gospel of the grace of God. And what is the grace of God? What Jesus did on the cross is death, it's burial and the resurrection. Just like the choir sang this morning. Very simple. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 to 3. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 to 3, talking about the gospel. He said, this thing I preached to you when I came to you. He said that Christ died according to the scriptures. That's the gospel. He said, moreover, please put it up for us. Let's read it together. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. And let's look at it together. We're still looking at that security. Don't worry. You know me, I won't waste your time. Hallelujah. 
1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 to 3. He said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. Now, what is that gospel? Which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand. All right? So not only have you received that same gospel, it is the same gospel that secures you. Are you seeing it? That same gospel is what secures you. Verse 2, it said, by which also you are saved. That same gospel is what saved you. Listen, you were not saved because you stopped sinning. You were not saved because you let go of that habit. Hallelujah. <laughs> you were not saved because you stopped sinning. You know? Say, you know what? I used to steal meat every two, two days. I stopped. Now I'm saved. No, 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 no. It was the gospel that saved you. That's why I think I was discussing with a friend of mine yesterday that the criteria actually to be saved that you must first be a sinner. It's simple. What's the criteria to take your bath? You wake up dirty. It's simple, Abby. So I feel I'm dirty. Let me go and bath. So the criteria to be saved that you must first be a sinner. So who are those who have the right to be saved? Sinners. It's simple. The ungodly. Are you getting the point? I hope you're following what I'm saying, right? I want us to keep it simple. By which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Now let's see what he preached. Verse 3. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Not according to going to Jerusalem, oh. according to the scriptures. You know, I see a lot of JP. JP. I'm not saying it's bad, though. All right? But that's not what made them saved. Verse 4. And that he was buried, oh, and if anybody is JP, I apologize. And that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. So that is the gospel. And why did Jesus die? For sinners. Simple. Jesus died for sinners. Are we getting the concept now? Romans 4, verse 25, it tells us, it says that he was delivered for our offenses, and he was raised for our justification. That's grace. He died because of your sin and he raised so that now that he's alive, you are now justified. Romans 8 and verse 30, Romans 8 verse 30, he said, them that he predestinated, he called. Those he called, he justified. Justified, somebody did a play of what? He said justified means just as if I had not sinned. And it's very sweet. So you are justified. That means before God now, you have not sinned. I'll be getting the concept. Okay, this, this feels like GC, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Romans 8, verse 30. Let's look at that and read it, and I will come back and talk on the security. Don't worry. You trust, trust me. I won't waste your time. Are we together? Please help me with the mic. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. You see that? Who are those he called? I was again. I said to raise your hand. That's what I mean. Who are those he called? All right. Remember John three sixteen, right? Let's go to it together. John three sixteen. Now notice whosoever. Everyone, right? So everyone that he called, and who responded, say, you know what, God, you called me. I'm here. What did he do to them? He justified them. That's grace. I get the concept. So that means then that you did nothing except contribute to your sin. You did nothing to receive the grace. Now Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 2, he said this thing I said to you, he said you receive it and you also stand in it. 
So that same grace, which is simple, that Christ died and God raised him from the dead, that's the same thing you stand in. That's your security. Your security is not your ability not to sin for 24 hour stretch. Say, you know what, today I have not cost anyone. So I'm still born again. No. The fact that your sinlessness didn't get you saved, your sinlessness also cannot secure your salvation. Now let me make a radical statement on number one. You cannot sin away your salvation. Arrest me. You, what did I say? Because salvation is not a product of sinlessness. It's a product of Jesus' death. Let me tell you the truth. Anytime you think of that, is it the devil shifting you away from the truth? Colossians 2.8, he said, don't let deception, philosophy, to drag you away from this. I paraphrase. Stay with this simple truth. I always like to say to these people, it's not about your dressing, not about your air. What I mean air? Pardon my English, because I didn't pronounce it well. It's not about how long <laughs> your beards are. It's not about you eating pork. I want to talk about that today. <laughs> it's good that you come to church and go home blessed. So in case you have, at least you, you, you had pork. Okay, in case many of us may be out of shame, you want to raise your hand. How many of you feel like when you eat pork, you have lost your salvation? Yeah, they, say, they say, ah. <laughs> I I, let me not mention name. I know. <laughs> that those of you like, you know what? I'm the shawarma guy. Is it pork or chicken? So that I can keep my salvation intact. <laughs> Before I enter the so let me. Listen, since it was not a particular food that got you saved, a particular food cannot save you. In fact, when you begin to, you know, that means you are undermining the power of the salvation you have received. Romans 1 verse 16, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. He said, for it is the, it's the power of God. It's the power of God. I sense the power of God is here to heal. The power of God is here to heal. The power of God is here to heal. The gospel is the power of God of salvation. Simple. I hope I've not said any, I've not made any complex statement today. So we're getting this, Abby. So the gospel is simple. The grace of God is simple. That same grace that saved you is the same grace that secures you. And since, uh, I said we want to lie to ourselves. The main question on the mind of anyone who is born again is, will I make heaven or not? Let's not lie. Alright? And that's the fear. I've had many people ask me that question, rapture. Will I make heaven? And what they're actually saying, essentially, is have I lost my salvation one way or the other? And that's why we're making this image this morning. The fact that you are saved by grace, that same grace. You know, when you begin to think that somehow I could lose what I have, you are undermining the ability of God. Romans 5, he said, he commended his love to us that, you know, God does not, God does not, Philippians 1, verse uh, 6 and 7, he says, faith is it that began a thing, who also will complete it. God does not begin a project like man and then abandons it. It doesn't work, God doesn't rule like that. Many of us act sometimes as if our sin shocked God. You know, this thing I did, like God has not seen it before. You know, I, I, you know it's, it's funny, but I, I mean, many of us have that thought. You know, so they feel like, man, so this one, this one, ah, this one, this particular one, is it, it, strong. It will wipe, it will wipe off the salvation. No, 
Salvation is a product of faith, not product of sinlessness. It's not product of your ability to be holy. Say, okay, let me wear white. And then I stay saved. Now, I know I'm saying something this morning. Hallelujah. So, number one, we said you cannot sin away your salvation. The only way that you will not be saved is if you reject. Very important. Mr. Sam taught this morning on, from John 16, looking at the fact that, you know, the Holy Ghost, we uh, convict. Thank you, sir. The word of sin. Why? Because they believe not. Is that true? So sin is unbelief, right? Very cute. Somebody asked me something one time. <laughs> and she asked me the question three different times. In different form. Same question. So if, I, if, I, if I go home now and car jam me or accident and I die, will I go to hell? They want. Of course, that's our custom. We answer with scriptures. With time. Next time. What if I'm going home and something happens? And I die. I knew. Okay, we answer again with the same style. Third time again. Maybe sickness and something. Why? It will not change the truth. It will not change the truth. I tell you the truth. Proverbs 23, verse 23, it says, Buy the truth and sell it not. Take this simplicity of the gospel. I think I've not talked about the security yet, too. Take this simplicity of the gospel. That's the grace of God. Jesus died and God raised him. All my life, if I live one million years on this earth, that's what I'll be coming out of my mouth. This is that God raised from the dead. Hallelujah. So, the redemption we have, the grace we have, the salvation we have is eternal. Remember we read from John, let's go there again, uh, back to our John. Pardon me, I'm not a very good preacher, so I used to jump, jump. So, I'm trying to, I'm learning it. Hallelujah. And I think you can be seeing it that I'm learning. Hallelujah. So we looked at, uh, what, what did you read from? John 10. Yes, yes, 29. Pardon me, I, 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 I had forgotten. Are we together? Is it boring? All right, if it's boring, tell me. 28, he said, and I give unto them eternal life. Now look at the description of that life. Eternal. Very important. Eternal. It is eternal. First of all, in his longevity. And secondly, in his power. You see? Anything eternal means it is extremely potent. And let me say this. I'm not trying this morning to support sin or a sinful life. If that's what you'll be hearing, then begin to rehear. You'll be hearing the wrong. That's not what I'm doing this morning. You know, I'm not trying to sugarcoat or extenuate or palliate sin. No. All right? Sorry, what to do now? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, make sin sweet. That's what I'm doing this morning. In fact, Titus 2.11, he said, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to us, teaching us to deny. Right. So, if you take this simplicity, you see those things you are struggling, struggling with, they will drop. I could give few testimonies, even, even with my own life. So, it is this, this grace. What I'm trying to do this morning is to keep you simple. If you like, okay, that year was boring. Keep it simple. I will say this till I die. Or till I won't die. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, and I give unto them eternal life. So that life is described as, is described as eternal. Hebrews 9. Uh, let me try to be quick. Hebrews 9. 
Now, this may not be new to some of us, and I believe it's not. But anyway, Hebrews chapter 9 explains something that made this life eternal. Remember, in the Old Testament, and it's always very important to say it, but before I say it, know that the Old Testament is written for us to learn from. The Old Testament was not your life. You know, I don't know about that country, but, you know, the country I come from, let me not make sure I lie. I look, I look like the country. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, we take the law as if God came to us 2 a.m. and gave it to us. You see? The law is not yours. Or was not given to you. It was given to the Jews. Very important. It was given to the Jews. Whatever now you should do with the law is to learn from it. You know, when you learn from something, it doesn't necessarily mean that that thing becomes your lifestyle. All right? But you learn for him to become better. Romans 15 verse 4 tells us, right? Romans 15 4. He said, whatsoever things are written at full time. Talking about the law, right? He said they are written for our, our learning. All right? So what to learn from it. Now, in the Old Testament, what they do is, what they were told to do was, you know, if anybody has sinned, they are to make sacrifice, right? Right? Somebody is sleeping. Don't sleep. They are to make sacrifice, right? So they, they burn, you know, sin offering, uh, and some other funny, funny offering. You know, when you read Leviticus and Numbers, boy, you get tired. You know, except you want to form over spiritual. Like, I love the scriptures. You get tired. Because there is sacrifice for everything. And how many of you have watched uh, Nollywood movies, the old ones, and Nollywood in Nigerian movies, where the wife would commit a crime and then they take her to the shrine to swear? You know, it's in the Bible, yeah? Uh-huh. It's in the Bible. They are to go to the priest and, and swear. How many of you would like to be doing that this period? You see? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it is obvious that God did not intend for you to have that. Jesus said, he said, my, my yoke is easy. My body is light. So God did not intend for you to do that. So that means that there was a need for something different to happen. Very important. Because God knew that, you know what? This law is powerless. It can't save. The Bible says, it says, it took away the first that he may establish the second. Talking about the law. Took it off. He said, the law does not have the power to save. Very important too. So we must never let it be the guide to our retainment of salvation. Don't let, be, don't let it be the guide to retain your salvation or being secured in the grace. That's why your security is not in the law. I hope you get what I'm trying to say. And I think I'm talking to myself also. So I will not lose out. We said Hebrews what? Nine. Hebrews what? Nine. So we're together. How many of you have been writing down since? All right. Hebrews 9, verse 10. Don't be tired, though. I promise you I will get out of the way very soon. 9, it said, verse 10. We stood only in meats and drinks and diverse washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. I see, I see, I see find myself going back to that pork issue. Maybe because I'm hungry for pork. Uh, <laughs> meat. Very important. Please allow me to say this. And I'm, trying, I'm not trying to be funny. Meat or food will not make you lose your salvation. Please. Right? Uh, when you, you eat and you feel condemned, it's the devil, not God. It is not the scriptures trying to guide you right. Say, you know what, my son, don't eat this. There's a reason why God brought the creeping things to Peter in the vision. All right? Romans 14 verse 20 tells us, he says, meat does not undo the work of God. In fact, if I'm not even going to look at you know, all the work, actually the main work of God 
his death, his burial, resurrection. Meat cannot undo that. So for somebody who has been feeling guilty of it, if you are saved though, I'm not talking to somebody who's not saved. If you are saved by the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, then you cannot be unsaved by eating meat or food for that matter. Say, Lobiani took my salvation. No, no, no. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are we together? Are we together? Verse 11. But Christ, being come in an high priest of good things, see what he called it? Good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. Now verse 12. He said, neither by blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. When I was studying this, uh, you know, this morning, you know, through the night, you know, the Holy Spirit was explaining to me, this to me. Blood, uh, bulls and calves, all these guys, no matter how long they live, let's even say they have long life. They will live more than 100 years. I mean, you see 100 years old goat, problem. That's spiritual goat, Yeah. <laughs> So let's say, let's say, let's say maximum they live 100 years. They are still temporary. Right? So whatever sacrifice will come from a temporary animal must be what? Right? Like begets like. So a temporary sacrifice will give birth to a temporary uh, salvation. Let's say, let's say give salvation. Let's just assume. All together. Let's just think it together, right? So it's separate salvation. But here comes Jesus. You see that? Look at what it says. Are we telling something? He said, by, he said, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, entered in once into the holy place, having obtained what? All right. It's like, we didn't see it. Having obtained what? You see that redemption? It's eternal redemption. Please know this. You are saved. Eternally. For those who are scared of rapture in court, Jesus will come and I will not go. Let me give this illustration. I always like to give it in GC. Imagine you are here that your dad or your mom or your parents decide to visit you from home. So they fly, let's say 20 hours, and they come to Georgia. And then they get here and go back without seeing you. Right? What was their purpose for coming? <laughs> okay, what's the plan? So the purpose for coming was because of why? You, right? So now, when you hear a call that, you know, that is coming, just, just follow me, right? Will you be scared that, you know, he may come and not see me? Is that, is that, is that true? If I, yes, if, I, if I have that, I will go and live in the airport. <laughs> so that somehow, he will see me, right? But then I'm assured that there's no way. They'll fly that and then get here. In fact, all through the 20-hour trip, what do you think will be on the mind of a parent? See my son or my daughter, right? What do you think is on the mind of Christ right now? Right? Zephaniah 3.17, it says, The Lord your God, he said, is mighty in the midst of thee. He said, he will rejoice over thee with singing. You know, I might not have woken up with a song on your mind, whether Christian or not, okay? Any song. There are times now, so that I wake up one David song like, I rebuke you. Trust me. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, you have... Right? It means that somehow your subconscious, it was, it was there, right? The same way you are 24-7 on the mind of God. Very important. You know, Jesus didn't go through all this <laughs> cross event to now forget you. 
That's why he was bold to make that statement in John 10, 28 to 22, 30. He said, my father who gave them to me, he said, he's greater than all. No one can from my father's hand. You see, that, you see that truth? You are eternally secured. Why? Because what you have received is an eternal redemption. Redemption means that you ransom something by means of payment. So the payment has been made. Don't try to pay. Don't, you know, some of us try to look as if God's bank account has gone red. So now let me help him. Borrow God some dollar to redeem me. No, you are redeemed. The Bible calls it a complete work. Are we following this? It's a finished work. Where are we? 13. He said, for if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an elf are sprinkling the unclean, sanctifying to the purifying of the flesh. He said, how much more? Are you seeing this? That means that there is no direct comparison between the blood of goats and the blood of Jesus. Very important. And let me say this. You know, I remember this very, very importantly. I was on the bus one day. I was coming from Didigomi somewhere. I think it was bus 21. And I felt the Holy Spirit was uh, teaching me this on not equating grace and sin. Which is the mistake a lot of us make. Listen, grace and sin are not on the same plane. They are not. They are not. The Bible says, where sin did abound. Say, grace what? You see that? The, the Bible does not make mistake in some of those writings. No. He said, grace did much more abound. That's, that means that where sin is having the ability to drag you down, grace did much more have the ability to hold on to you. You see that? The only issue is if you don't believe. If you believe, done. I tell you, done. We rebuke that door. <laughs> Verse 14. He said, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit. Now look at his sacrifice. Is what? Eternal spirit. First of all, you know, the Bible is being double sure on what we are saying here. First, eternal, which has no end to his longevity. No deduction in his potency. But also, said spirit. First of all, spirits don't die. Those of you have been, say, die by fire to demon. You have been wasting your speech. Jesus didn't say, command to die by fire. Is that true? Somebody is really angry with me. That's the truth. Is that true? What he said was, you should bind them. You should rebuke them. You should resist the devil. That's what he said. He didn't say, you die by fire. You will just have a dick. When you die by fire. That's what will happen. That's all. Because they are spirits. So spirits don't die. So that means that when he said eternal spirit, first of all, the eternal already means that it is not temporary. Then the spirit being the mode of sacrifice already stamps that. You see that? So you are, if you have believed that Jesus died and God raised him from the dead, you are eternally secured. We said that before, you cannot sin away your salvation. Because salvation is not a product of, of sinlessness. It's a product of your faith in Christ. The moment that thought comes to your head, begin to shift it off. Begin to rebuke it off. Begin to reconfess. Remember Hebrews 10 verse 23. Turn down tells us, Hebrews 10 23, it says we should hold fast a profession of faith. Hold fast. Hallelujah. So you must not at any point allow that to happen. If you are shining light, you must never allow that to happen. Know that you are eternally secured in this grace. Simple. Jesus died. God raised him from the dead. 
And that's it. You are secured in that. You are not losing it because of your lifestyle. And I will say that again. You arrest me. You, you are not going to lose that because you, you are sinning. But you want to stop sinning, of course, you should want to stop sinning. You are born again. And you begin to look at the world. And that's the last thing I'm going to talk about. And then I'll get out of your way. Hallelujah. You know, I feel like reading the few verses down. So let me read it. He said, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself, without spot to God, look at this. He said, purge, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Purge your conscience from what? Purge your conscience from what? Let's say it again. Purge your conscience from what? Now, who is supposed to do the purging? All right? The blood, right? So the effect of the blood, pardon me, is supposed to do the purging. Now, what is dead work? Uh, for medical students, this, this was the way the Holy Spirit was explaining to me this morning. Uh, medical students who do physiology. You know, physiology of respiratory system. There's something called, there are places called dead space. Right? Those dead space, even though you breathe in, there is no effect. Right? It's called dead. Right? Are we following? So those who are not physiology, you understand what I'm trying to say, right? They are called dead. Because nothing affects, have you heard of dead sea? Right? There's no life, right? Based on what they told us. So, same way is that dead works have no positive effect, no negative effect on your salvation. What is dead works? Law. And uh, what is law? That's self-righteousness. Trying to gain or trying to maintain what you have by your own effort. Or trying to maintain what you have received from God by your own effort. That's called dead works. Are you seeing that? Is it making sense? So he said he has poured your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. That means whenever you are operating in self-righteousness, you are not serving the living God. It will be, it will be impossible for you. That's when you start focusing and thinking of how do I make heaven? I don't know what I'm saying. Does it make sense? So you have been secured in grace. That's what I'm saying, no? You are secured in grace because of what Jesus did on the cross. Nothing else. Are we following? That's why on your lips at all times, or when you are free, in case of those you are very busy, always be saying those things out. Be saying it out. Let your mind be filled with it. Be saying it out. And lastly, what I'm going to is the word of God. Very, very important. The word of God. I never, even if I have two minutes left, I always like to talk about the word of God. Very important. The word of God that you have received, primarily in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, and you following and studying it, those things, uh, they set to your mind. It's the creator you already have. Very important. If you are finding yourself derailing or worried or, you know, uh, please pardon me, you, you, you feel like men have lost this thing. It's because your focus has now gone wrong. You are not focusing on the word of God. I'm not talking about scripture now. On his death, his burial, resurrection of Jesus. What he said to you, what he told you. Simple. That's what the Corinthian church were having, the problem they were having in 1 Corinthians 15. Paul said, you know what? Guys, let me write this to you. This is the same gospel I told you that you received and you also stood in that Christ died and God from the dead. Hallelujah. I believe that it is the heart cry of God and the bleeding heart of God that God does not want his children to live in this world with fear. That's a purpose. 
He said in Romans 8 and verse 15, he said, I don't give you the spirit of fear again to bondage. But the spirit of adoption. Bondage in mind, having 24-7 thinking, you know what, God is angry with me. God does not like me. God, are you serious? Romans 8, 32, he said it has spared us his own son. You know, these are things that you need to be thinking of sometimes to not allow the devil to be feeding on the wrong things you have been, you have been watching. You watch something on social media, some, some funny people in quotes say they are men of God who have not seen what God is uh, saying from the scriptures, come and say something and then you... I think when somebody was showing some one video like about one man talking about one nonsense he said God told him. You know, about, I think it was about sex. And they will not make heaven. Really? Now you are the custodian of God's heavenly book. You see? We must learn to stay within the confines of the scriptures. Believe me, there is nothing else God is going to give to you other than what he has already given to you. Nothing else. The Bible calls the work completed, finished. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads and make these prayers. How many of us have been blessed this morning? Just bow your head and I think I'll put it this way. I just make the declaration that Lord, indeed, I walk in this reality that I'm secured in grace. My salvation cannot be lost through sin of act. My salvation cannot be lost.